Uh, good evening. This evening's broadcast is brought to you by Vietnamers. Yes, Vietnamers. When you want the authentic taste of a Vietnam village, but you're in Allentown. Mm. Vietnamers. Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm Kristen Kist. We are the hosts of Silly Talks About Science Fiction. And also the authors of a series of comedic short stories that go under the name of Prison Dad. And we are here to bring you our 20th podcast. 20th, 20th podcast. 20th podcast. And got some beers because it's after work. And I'm totally wearing my awesome Magnum P.I. t-shirt. So in addition to putting our podcast on all of our, you know, Stitcher and iTunes and all those lovely places, we are also putting it on YouTube. So if you just Google these uh, Silly Talks About Science Fiction, you can find this one. We did it with our 10th podcast Cuban also. It. <laughs> yes. So, what we're going to do this week is we're going to do something different. We're going to compare and contrast different science fiction films across three genres and one other genre. Right. One genre that um, creates itself. Bad movies. Yeah, bad science fiction movies. They didn't intend to be in that genre, but they, but they are. Well, uh, I don't know. Did no. anybody read the script for Jupiter Ascending? I think they really wanted that to be a good film. Oh, God. <laughs> even, even Channing Tatum couldn't save you. So we're going to pick two at random, and then we're, we're going to go for it. Yes. So, um, just to clarify, so we have dramas, action films, comedies... And then we have really bad movies. Bad movies. All in the sci-fi. And we're not talking about like Saturday sci-fi movies, because those movies are awesome. Those movies are awesome, and they are intended to be corny, so you have to like sort of buy into that whole thing. You know, sometimes my father gets annoyed when we make him watch them, because he's like, this is so ridiculous. But that's the point. The movies we're talking about here, they intended to be good films, and that didn't happen. So, you're going to start off. You're going to compare and you're going to contrast these two movies. The two movies are... The Adventures of Pluto Nash and Young Ones. Wow, okay. Really hitting you there with two well, randos to off the bat. So they both Should take place this? in like a desolate landscape, right? No, Pluto Nash is on the moon. Well, yeah, but I mean, the moon is kind of a desolate landscape. Yeah, I guess I mean, you're they right. have like a city built up, maybe, but yeah. the rest of the moon is not it's like built an up. underground base. Yeah, it could be and that. And the young ones is the Earth, but it's in the future, and the Earth has kind of gone to crap, much like in um, Interstellar. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no ability to but farm. Way, way water. worse than Interstellar. Very yeah. dry. So, and, you know, Pluto Nash is obviously intended to be a comedy. That right. Failed. Big budget. Um, Young Ones was intended to be a drama, mm -hmm. and I think it is a drama. I think it does a good job with that. Shout out to Amy. Neither we know them. Amy in, in Amy Mullins. Amy Mullins. Beautiful. In, uh, so talented. Watch her TED Talk. It's Young stunning. Ones. Yeah, she's great. Um, but anyway, um, so Young Ones is actually a really cool movie, uh, and Pluto Nash is not. Um, I would say that that um, budget-wise, they're in completely different stratospheres. I think. Young Ones probably had a reasonable budget. Young Ones probably had a Playing. fraction of the budget oh, and was yeah. that much better of a movie. What did we when we did our, our presentation, what was Pluto Nash? Like sixty million dollars or some kind of garbage? I don't remember. It, it was some astronomical figure and it made like like one one hundredth or yeah, something. That's of, correct. Of like 
what it cost. It was like a hundred million like dollars, and, and it was like, like one like, one million. Yeah, maybe like one million. Like, well, maybe it was so 10 embarrassing. Maybe it was ten million. But the young ones, you know, obviously it had a small budget, but they did a lot with that small budget. And you um, release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they had Amy in that. Um, uh, you know, so but the, the and they still had the effects. Right. You have so you have you know sort of this desolate landscape. People that are kind of almost frontiersmen yeah. in both cases because they're trying to survive off of limited. Resources well, they're trading and, the, and stuff. They're 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 moving stuff back and forth. Right. Um, you know, and obviously, uh, keeps look over here. neither one of those movies were blockbusters, so they mm. have that in common. <laughs> um, this is a comparison. So you got desolate landscape. You got not very popular movies. Not popular movies. Um, and then in in like my well, what Michael Shannon is in the Young Ones as mm-hmm. well as Amy. So you have you have some names there. Mm-hmm. Um, Pluto Nash obviously had Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't. I think he would probably keep that one off his resume to the extent he could. <laughs> Hello, my cat friend. Yes, instead of being at Kristen's house to record this, we are at my house. Mm-hmm. So we have so cats scarf everywhere. Yeah, maybe um, we'll get Poe on the but internet. But yeah, I mean, so I'm trying to think of what other similarities I can try to put That's up. good. I mean, we have a lot have more a, to go a, here. A, a we can man for like the main character in both of them who is sort of isolated and lonely. I don't think Pluto Nash had a wife. Yeah. He mostly was hanging out with hoes and his friends. Um, but anyway, if I was going to recommend that anybody watch one of those two movies, I would have to go with the young ones because at least it was it was kind of interesting, you know. And there were some cool actors in it. The story was interesting. Um, it's kind of sad, and and uh, Amy was great. Do you know what my favorite line from Pluto Nash was? The end. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to get wood on the moon? You may pick my categories. Mm, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Don't put those back. Okay, no, go. I'm not. Listen, All right. not <laughs> Were they driving you nuts sitting right there? Pseudo Nash. <laughs> well, there's plenty of that. Okay. Mm, I don't want to see them. So you're, like, you're picking them. I want, no, because I don't want to see what they what I pick. I want to pick something. I got you this with the bad movie? Out. So you had to do these two. So I have to compare Waterworld with her. Okay, so in contrast to the two movies, is her is a techno- technologically filled world, artificial intelligence, um, and Waterworld really has you know there's there's no technology, t- but there's simple machines, there's big boats, and there's, there's also a tool, Kevin Costner. Like we say in every podcast, <laughs> Kevin Costner ruins everything. I thought you were going to say yes, that. Yes, he ruins. Yes. Ruins everything. So so we have a movie that that opens with. With Kevin Costner going to the bathroom in a small cup. Um, okay, so her is a, it's a dark comedy, right? Yes. So in her, my favorite have, part of her is when Joaquin Phoenix calls the sex hotline and the lady tells him to hit her with the dead cat. <laughs> 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 the movie is so jacked up. We have we have an homage to that in our second book, mm-hmm. where he calls the hotline and they're like hit me with the dead squirrel. Dead squirrel, yeah, because Les hates squirrels. Yeah. So, um, so they're both um, in the future, obviously. Because Waterworld takes place in a uh, you know global warming Environment. future, dystopian future, where the you know there is no dry land. It's not a myth. Dennis Hopper in that. Yeah, he Why plays the, the lead smoker. That's the bad guy. Smoke cigarettes. Oh right, I know because smoking cigarettes is evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner is a mutant. We don't have a lot of that. Yes. Oh, spoiler alert. 
But in real life, he is, too. <laughs> <laughs> A mutant at sucking. <laughs> so in comparison between the two movies, we have that they both take place in the future. In contrast, there's, there's little, no technology. Uh, her was up for a ton of awards. I don't know if it won anything, because I don't really follow that stuff. I remember... Because I remember seeing it nominated for all this stuff, and I never heard of it. And then we watched it. Waterworld, on the other hand, probably has a bunch of Razzies. Oh, for I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. Even if the Razzies weren't around then, it deserves like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Are you, are you Googling this? Yeah, we could you Googleize it. you Googleizing it? Because that's all I have to say, and then I was going to pick your... Pick okay. your categories. I mean, I yeah. think that's all anybody needs to say about Can Waterworld. you say anything else about those two? I mean, mm. Young Ones, that's such a great movie. I mean, Her was a great movie, but... Her, I feel like Her... Um... <laughs> These two I picked for you are awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, Waterworld definitely won a Razzie. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it swept Worst the Razzies. Worst actor for Kevin Costner. But well, I think he should win that for Lifetime, lifetime Achievement. Lifetime Achievement. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Worst actor of all time. Okay, so Kristen now has to compare and contrast Paul with the Terminator franchise. Okay, that's interesting. (laughs) That is interesting. So Terminator is really about time travel, right? Right. And Paul doesn't really have time travel in it, but there's an interesting juxtaposition of the fact that the little girl that found him in the field is the old woman that he interacts with later in the movie. So you have, like, a recurring character at two different age points. So that's a similarity. That Um, is, yeah. I think there's humor in both movies, um, in both sets of movies. You know, I definitely found some parts to laugh at in Terminator, and Paul's just hilarious. I mean... You know, you have um, Simon Pegg, and you got Kristen Wiig, um, and you got um, what's my man's name? Seth Rogen. I love Seth. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is the voice. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Frost. Nick Frost. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's great too. Jason Bateman. Oh my god, and I love Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sigourney and Terminator. Weaver. You got you got um, Arnold. I mean, you don't need much more than that to make a movie fun. They really um, embrace the humor of T two. They really embrace the Terminator being yeah, funny. Yeah, in and you get some good lines. I think in the last Terminator movie too, there were some really good moments of levity. That's probably my favorite thing about the last one because I don't think the continuity made a lot of sense, and I got annoyed at a lot of stuff. Love Amelia Clark though; she's brilliant. She um, nailed it. Yeah, um, you know, but and Arnold was really funny in that one. So I would say they're both. They both have a sense of humor. Terminator is clearly meant to be an action film, but Paul also has elements of action. So it you does. have like the car chase at the end. You have mm-hmm. the cops. People get you, shot. You have the big twist though in Paul. Spoiler alert! You know, because because so Jason Bateman seen Paul. Jason Bateman's tried to save. Paul the whole right, time. But, he's but you think like he's chasing him. Right. You what think is he's like, he has like a super silly name. I'm gonna like remember it right after the podcast ends, but I remember the, um, We were just yeah, talking so, we were just talking about how, things we remember and like there's and things Kristen remembers and there's things I remember yeah. and then there's like this like gray area where we're like, What? What was that one thing? And that seems to be always a thing that comes up. Yeah. We probably remember more than a lot of people. Um, I'm trying to think what other things they have in common. I mean, there's guns in both. There's explosions in both. Um, Paul obviously has aliens. Terminator's in the aliens, but it has Robots. people that are alien to the um, time period that they're in. Ooh, I like that. So, you know. I got the impression that Paul was so around for a fun. long time, though. Yeah. Like, they're both movies that if they're on TV, like, I'm going to leave that channel on, unless Jaws is playing, because that's always my go-to. 
But um, if they're on, I'm going to watch them again because they're just so, both so much fun. I mean, all the Terminator movies and also Paul, like, they're just so much fun. And there's always more that you can um, sort of get out of them. Paul was on, I think, IFC the other day. And I haven't seen it in years. I was, I was like, I was losing it. It's so funny, isn't I own Jane it? Jane Lynch is in it too. Like so many good people, and they yeah. just pop up. And Kristen Wiig dresses up like Princess Leia. Then, like, who doesn't <laughs> love that? So much fun. She must have had so much fun doing that movie. I swear. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say overall, the thing that's in common between the two of them, two sets of films, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's probably fun. the biggest. I can watch any Terminator movie, even Sarah Connor Chronicles. That people are like, oh, I didn't like Rise of Machines. I didn't like. Um, What's the name? Salvation. I loved Salvation. Yeah, Salvation was Every great. time I see Salvation, it's great. I'm like, why come everybody I know, except for like us yeah, and Ange? Yeah. People are too crabby. I don't know. We're talking um, to you. Less crabbing. I'm to think. Here. I okay. guess Paul no, and Terminator enough. probably had, you know, the lonely male characters too, because you had Kyle and Terminator, um, and you had the two lead characters and Paul that were just kind of like lonely, right. isolated people who found chicks. There you go. Boom. All right. The show, the ship takes off incredibly slowly. All right, we're going to have to go for a drama over here because we didn't do any dramas. Okay, we drama. A drama. Are you peeking? You no, can't I'm peek. I'm not to peek. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that is. There you go. All right, so Kristen has me comparing and contrasting Donnie Darko... With District 9. So this is interesting. Um, I Could you say that there is a little bit of fish out of water for the main character in both movies? Yeah, I think Donnie never fits in anywhere. And he never so did. The lead character it's Jake Gyllenhaal's greatest role of, of yeah, all time. Yeah, it really is. District 9, the lead character's kind of... He's, he's he, like a, he was such a do-gooder. He was such a tool, kind of. You know, he was just kind of like, uh, you know, his his dad ran that the the def- or I'm sorry, stepfather or stepfather to be, you know, ran that thing, and he just kind of got that job because of him, and he was just kind of like, um, yeah, he was. I don't know how to say it. Like he was just always just like a kiss ass yeah. kind of thing, and then you know he gets sprayed in the face with the alien goo. Right, and then he's and and you know that's kind of what happens going on the to Donnie, really, because he's having these weird dreams, mm-hmm. right? The mirror and seeing uh, the 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 rabbit. The rabbit has a name. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, and so we we see that in in comparison of the two, um, you know the the rabbit. I can't. Oh, jeez, what is the name of the rabbit? <laughs> Dad, Wait, do, I don't know. If, no, he does. Because oh. they eventually run into him and he's, you know... And he's... Well, yeah, because that's the whole beauty of the story is that, you know, it ends up being everything he was dreaming about was, like, yeah. something that happened, but, you know... But there is the... I'm just gonna look that right, with the airplane engine and stuff like that. Right. Where District 9 is very linear. It's the progression of this poor man. Right. Frank. Yes, Frank! Oh, jeez. There's probably a million people listening to this right now, and they're like, It's Frank, you idiot! Jeez. I haven't watched that movie in a while, but it's really good. I love so. that movie. It's beautiful, and it makes me cry. And also, I love that Drew Barrymore is an English teacher, because I love her, and I yeah. dreamed of being an English teacher when I was younger. So, anyway. 
Noah Wiley sneaks in that one too. Oh yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patrick Swayze. Oh my God, Patrick Swayze is like the pervy yes, guy. Oh, the, I love that part. Yes, that's true. Where District Nine, you know, he's kind of just like on the on the run. I mean, he's going through these changes, and they just want to do experiments on him and. Like and, Donnie, because he the has weapons, to go to the psychologist then, all the time. Everybody thinks he's crazy. Yeah, exactly. He's not really crazy. No, no, just everything was real. About time travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a time travel tale, and we have um, we have a, a tale about aliens. And I think that's that's all I, I really want to say. Two excellent movies, though. Two great movies. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that the oh, I can think it was Na- Neil Copley. Yeah, him. That uh, Neil, um, who wrote and directed it. He really never bounced back because there was Elysium, which was like, it was okay. There was Chappie, which no, don't talk about Chappie because Amy hates Chappie more than anything. So if she's listening to this, she's gonna shut it off. We love you, Amy. Yeah, we love you, Amy. Amy, our podcast stats have jumped up <laughs> astronomically since you interviewed us. Yes, chasingdreams.com. We'll plug you. Chasingdreamshq.com. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, Amy. I look out for you. And then. Uh, what, what was the other one? I feel like there's another one in there somewhere. Mm, what are you that talking was, about? Um, Darko? No, the District 9 guy. Donnie Darko, that director, you know, he did that, the, the one with the box. And... I was just thinking about how much chap he sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that movie made me want to punch people in the face. Okay, we're going back to a bad movie. And, um, and an action movie. Okay. That's what I got last time. Okay, so the, no, I'm giving you a bad movie. I'm giving you a drama. Fine. All right, Never Let Me Go. That was a good movie. Yeah, and Face Off. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. All right, so Never Let Me Go um, is about people who, um, you know, little English school children. Who it turns out are are clones. They never really come out and say that, but essentially they're clones who are who are raised to uh, provide body parts to richers. Um, that's my derivative term for rich people um, who get sick, so that they can continue to live fabulous lives while these clones are are harvested for organs. Yeah, and live body well parts. past hundred. Um, yeah, and the clones really don't get to live past their mid twenties because they're. Our organs are all harvested, so that's never let me go. Face off, obviously, a fabulous film with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. That makes me want to puke in my mouth every time I watch it. But anyway, we break down face so... off on our, <laughs> our comedy presentation that's on our on our website prison.com under the events tab. You can you can listen to us talk about how much we don't like face off. Yeah, even though we love our friends Jen and Peter who do enjoy face off. <laughs> I made my mother see it in the theater, and she was horrified. The um, whole drive from Philly to D.C., we made fun of Face Off, <laughs> and then we get to their their condo, and they're watching it. Yes, they were. They and were. I had to it was keep, on TV. I had to but... keep asking. No, that was Blu-ray. I had to keep asking. I'm like, are you guys watching this for real? Uh, I'm not going to judge. Everybody has their own taste. But anyway, so I think, okay, so Face Off and Never Let Me Go, you have the sort of like familial aspects because in Never Let Me Go, the kids kind of grew up together. In Face Off, you have um, Castor and Pollux Troy, um, Nicolas Cage and his brother. So they're, you know, criminals that obviously they were raised together. They're brothers and they care about each other. Um, they've been separated for a long time, same as the characters in Never Let Me Go um, for different reasons, but still. Um, that something else to point out, I guess you could say, um, 
both movies are about taking parts from other people and using them on other individuals, right? So, because in Face Off, the idea is, thank you, that they could take, well you know, bits and pieces of, of um, Nicolas Cage, like his face, and turn him into John Travolta by stealing John Travolta's face. Ooh, I can eat a peach for him. hours. Yes, that's disgusting. I hate it when he says that. And Never Let Me Go, it's about people who are essentially harvested for their organs and parts that go to Richard's. Parts! Um, who get sick or whatever happens to them. They probably just drink too much and have to steal livers from poor 20-something-year-old waifs. I was under the impression that the people in Never Let Me Go don't... Like, they don't put any restrictions on their bodies and their health or anything like that. They're just like, oh, well, if something happens to me, I'm just going to get a donor to give me a Right, exactly, piece. because the idea is... The kids like, are raised to believe raised that, to believe this that is that's what their purpose. That's their, yes, yes. And that it's like a, a noble purpose, mm-hmm. which is like bullshit. But anyway, they have a very evil government, I guess, at that time that decides that some people's lives are worth more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald Trump might follow that idea, too, if you let him go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say those are probably the, the two biggest aspects I could point out. Um, obviously, Never Let Me Go. It's kind of sad, so I don't know if that's something that I would randomly turn on and watch again. But I liked it. It was very well done. The very acting sad. was great. It was interesting. It kept um, me interested the whole time. Oh, yeah. It was I'm like, really, what did we really watch well on, on Friday? Victor Frankenstein? I yeah, lost, what the heck was that? I can't remember last time I lost that much interest they, in a movie. Why do they keep taking Daniel Radcliffe, who's so amazing, and using him in these movies that are Cha-ching! like... Meh. That's why. He was so good in Horns. Horns was like, great. Go watch Horns, people. And what was go the movie? watch Harry Potter. What was again. the movie we talked about last week? Uh, Swiss Army Man looks great. Yeah, that looks, that looks, that looks like amazing, amazing. The guy is really talented, and He's then he talented. gets stuck in these things. Like he did a good job. In the movie, he can turn a roll down. But the, I don't know. You know what? I really feel like the editing sucked in that movie, and I think the ending sucked. I really wish that they would have like read Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley's book, which I did my senior paper on in high school, and taken more from that because they just made like a monster movie about Frankenstein being like a monster. He wasn't even like like he was in like the last five seconds of the movie and they just killed him. That's not... Like, the whole point is that Frankenstein the Doctor is, like, the monster. And that he he creates this creature who looks horrific, but is actually incredibly kind and smart and should have been cherished. And and Frankenstein's the dick. Yeah. But instead, they made it, like, the monster was just, like, a monster that had no purpose except to just get killed and... Frankenstein was supposed to be like, I don't know, I guess he was supposed to be like a hot guy, but I wanted to punch him in the face the whole time. He was almost like a Bond villain. He was just like a self-important douche. Like, I don't know. I, I It wasn't a good translation of, um... Anyway, why don't you pick my movies? Oh, right. <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> Listen, you know how I am. I know. I, I, I started you on tangents. this. I know. I tried to stop you. Well, wow, you go for the, com- the comedy and the Oops. Oops. comedy and the drama again. There you go. Oh, <coughs> okay, that's interesting. Kristen has handed me Ghostbusters and Children of Men. So, so Children of Men is like the not too distant future, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, and no one can have babies anymore, and there's right. some people that are just, like, flat-out mad about it, and they're committing acts of terrorism because what's the point going on if you can't go on, I guess? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
and you know the discovery of like the one pregnant girl kind of brings world peace kind of thing after everybody goes cuckoo bananas yeah everyone's kind of nuts the other movie Ghostbusters is a fun romp through New York City in the 80s with a marshmallow monster (laughs) and um Slimer who made the best high C drink ever (laughs) they're bringing it back apparently I'm all about some Ecto Cooler. Oh my god, I love Ecto Cooler. Will I be giving Ecto Cooler to my toddler? Maybe. No. For those of you listening, Kristen just mouthed, I will, to the camera. And before I was making faces. Yes. Oh, geez. So these two, um, okay, so finding a comparison here, one takes place in England, one takes place in New York City, Mm -hmm. one is in the future, one is in... What was present day when it was shot? One, they're fighting ghosts. One, they're kind of fighting each other. Um, I can't find any similarities between the two. How how do you? What do you? Well, got? I mean, if you're looking at Ghostbusters two, there's the whole like pregnancy aspect being important. In that okay. One too, okay. Ghostbusters two. She has yeah. the two little babies that she's trying to protect, and mm-hmm. children of men. They're trying to protect the one woman that's having a baby. Nicely done. We did say that we were going franchises with, yeah. you know, like when we pulled Terminator and stuff right. like that, it was going to be franchises. Okay. That's great. So yeah, so that. there's a pregnancy aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, the ghosts are kind of wreaking havoc the way that the terrorists were in Children of Men mm-hmm. on, on some, some small level. There's like vigilante men trying to go after the dangerous aspects, so... In Children of Men, it was terrorists and people mm-hmm. that were trying to hurt the pregnant lady in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of uh, highly intelligent Scientists. nerds that studied... Uh, nerds! Nerds! So, yeah. That's pretty good. Other than that, in two great movies... Something. I feel like I've only ever seen Children of Men once. I feel like yeah, that, I've I only should... ever seen it once, too. Who's like that? Clive Owen and Julianne Moore. Is it Julianne Moore? You're right. She's like his ex-girlfriend that leads like the other military group or whatever. I don't know who the pregnant girl is. She wasn't somebody famous. Okay. I'm picking two for you. Okay. For Kristen, she has to compare and contrast. Oh, this is going to be tough. I almost feel like I should put one of these back. Kristen has to compare and contrast. Gremlins mm-hmm. with the Age of Adeline. <laughs> I love both of those movies so much. <laughs> I think they're both love stories, really at their core. Because in Age of Adeline, um, you know, you have Harrison Ford, um, of course, as her original love interest, and um, you have um, Miss Gorgeous Blake Lively, who I love. Um, and essentially it's this woman who had an accident when she was in her late twenties and she can't age. And so years and years go by and her infant daughter is now in her seventies and Adeline is still, you know, perpetually 28. And the gremlins are about creepy little monstery fuzzy things. Well, little fuzzy cute things that turn into scary monsters. Um, you know, and, and an Asian man that sells them to a to a very awful salesman um, and his child doesn't take good care and pay attention to the gremlins and then they get out of hand and wreak havoc on Christmas Eve 
Um, but I think, yeah, they're both love stories. So the age of Adeline, she was in love with someone and she had to leave him because she knew that she could never change. Um, but then eventually she meets his son and falls in love again and, you know, ends up in a situation where she actually can start to age. And in Gremlins, you know, it's the shy, nerdy guy that has a big crush on the girl that he works with and could never speak to her until Gremlins started wreaking havoc and then he was there to protect her. Um... So, you know, they both have a core of love. They both have a core of the supernatural element. One is someone that can't age. The other one is creatures that no one's ever heard of that can turn from fuzzy, cute little things into angry, scaly monsters. Um, well done. Yeah. Well said. I'm impressed. And I love as as both as, of those movies. Yeah, they're both great movies. Yeah. As soon as I, I pulled those two, I was nervous. I was scared for you. You rocked it. Thanks, baby. Yeah. All right, give me. Give me. Okay. Yeah, don't drink a beer. Wait, 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 wait. What did we we did last time? We did a drama and, and a comedy. Comedy, so. right? The I'm bad movie. There's still a lot of bad movies here. And a bad comedy, movie. bad movie. You, you. This is gonna okay. be a cake. No, no, no. Do it. Do it. No. Oh, no, you do it again. Do oh. this. Okay. Oh yeah. Holy shnikes. <laughs> John Carter of Mars, which for some reason. It wasn't that bad. It was a great movie. And actually, that's my brother-in-law's name is John Carter. So I have to compare and contrast (laughs) John Carter of Mars with The Island of Dr. Monroe. The most horrible movie that I made Jeff watch last week because I never saw it. (laughs) So I I remember like renting the VHS from Blockbuster of The Island of Dr. Monroe when it came out because, you know, I I knew about the book. (laughs) So stupid. And like I, at the end of it, I remember like saying to my friends, "I'm like never again will I watch this movie." And so on Sunday, we were sitting around like planning this podcast out and, and like talking about what we were gonna do. Kristen's like, "I never saw the Island of Dr. Monroe. I wonder if it's on on demand." Oh look, it's on on demand. Oh, we're gonna put this on. Oh, we're gonna watch it. And I'm like, 90 minutes. That's not bad. I can deal with it. It felt like four hours. And like I, rem- I can't believe how much Brando I remembered. Do. He was so good in The Godfather. It's it came so out like twenty horrible. years ago. I remembered oh, the whole movie. How do I remember the whole movie? How oh did my I? God. It's like David Lewis. I'm like, what are you doing, Professor Lupin? Please get out of here. I, I, yeah, see, I completely forgot that Lupin was like the main character. Well, the, yeah. My like, favorite part was where Val Kilmer like starts acting like Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah, that's so hard. I'm Batman. Thank <laughs> God, Val Kilmer is a nightmare. Okay, so in John Carter of Mars, John Carter is kind of like Lupin's character. You know, he's kind of like in a strange place. Trying to figure out. The native Martians are are going to to fight a war, Mm -hmm. and um, and there's kind of like an internal battle going on between the animal people on the island of Doctor Monroe. Because they all hate being weird, creepy hybrids that their creepo fat dad and his giant moo moo created. The poor little tiny tiny guy that he makes go everywhere with him and wear matching outfits. They're playing playing the piano together. So terrible. I don't understand why someone did that. So obviously in contrast of the two... There's no freaky medical experiments going on, John Carter. And not only is it, you know, it's also on Mars. Aliens. Snailians. 
Where neither one of these movies made any money, and it's sad with John Carter because that actually was. I think it ruined Taylor movie. Kitchener's career. Yeah, and actually, it's good if you watch it. It really is a good movie. Like I don't understand. Why Do you think we only think that because we went into it thinking it was gonna be so bad? No, I had an open mind because I had no idea what. It, I, I thought Taylor Kitch was cute and he was really good in Friday Night Lights. So I was like, hey, whatever. I thought it was pretty decent. Did he play Gambit in The Wolverine? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was good in that, too. But The Island of Dr. Moreau, I hoped, could be a little bit better than it was. Because I was like, hey, come on, Marlon Brando. Come on, Marlon Brando. Why? I get Val Kilmer's going to screw everything else up because he's crazy. But come on. Like, what the (laughs) heck happened to you, Marlon Brando? You used to be, like, amazing. And now you're, like, in a moo-moo, like, phoning it in. He, um... I know he's dead. I'm sorry, sir. just wanted to... I'm very sad that that was, like... That wasn't the last movie you did. I'm glad it wasn't. (laughs) That was... I don't understand what was going on there. I just want, like... The the director, like, when he got to the end of it, why didn't he think, like, "Mm, maybe nobody should ever see this? Because that's probably what what I would have thought. Moving on. Kristen now has to compare and contrast The Happening... Mm. With Alien. Hmm. Huh. Well. Alien 2, you kind of got, like, they built, like, the the mother, the queen built those, like, crazy webs everywhere, and there was, like, the eggs all over the place, hatching new facehuggers. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, so, Alien and The Happening are both about being attacked by your environment. So the happening is about being attacked by an environment. I disagree. Where because in alien, okay, can I just finish what I'm saying though? Yes, ma'am. In the happening, you're being attacked by like trees and plants that exist in your environment, and nobody knows why. And in alien, they're in space and they're being attacked by the aliens that live in that environment, and they don't know why. And I guess in alien, it's really because the alien wants to be able to reproduce and it reproduces by like putting itself into human hosts and in the happening the plants and trees are just trying to stop humans from destroying the earth because we're jerks and that's what we do it kind of sounds like you're sticking up for the happening the happening is a terrible movie and it's an embarrassment to anyone that makes films but it's also hilarious You know, I've never met one person my entire life that is like, I love that movie. Why would you love a movie about trees rustling and then people killing themselves? It's like some weird, like, Swedish emotional movie, but it's not good at all. Like, you know, those ones that they show from, like, the 60s where everybody's wearing a turtleneck and then the tree falls down and everybody gets sad. Well, it's like that, except somebody tried to make it into a sci-fi movie and it's not. It's just really weird. And, like, Mark Wahlberg speaks, like, everything he says is a question. And that girl with the big giant eyes. What's her name? Emily Deschanel. She just exists to have, Zoe. like, big giant eyes. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe? Is that Zoe? All right, fine. Zoe. Emily's the one from Bones. Zoe Deschanel is just in that movie to stand there like a mannequin with big giant eyes staring at everybody. I don't understand. But that's the only thing I can think that's that's common about the two. I mean, like, the happening Mark Wahlberg sort of, like, the protagonist, whereas an alien, it's like Sigourney Weaver, so that's not... And Mark Wahlberg's not a badass, and he doesn't save the day. The plants just stop, because plants are like, alright, we proved our point. Are you serious? Yes. It's that stupid. 
There's no reason. And in Alien, the alien dies, so that's why it stops for then. But then, you know, more aliens come, and that's why they kept making sequels. Right, because they colonized the planet. Until the point where there was an alien versus Predator movie. And then in two... Well, in one, they kill the alien. And then in two... Because Ripley has to get away. In two, there's a lot more aliens. That's why it's aliens. Mm-hmm. And it, one stows away on the ship. When she crashes on three, the alien queen is there. Okay. And then four, there's like... They like grew another one. Mm-hmm. Creepy. And then there's Alien vs. Predator, which takes place like present day. Right. Where there's aliens in Antarctica and a pyramid. And then Alien vs. Predator, Sam Malone from True Blood kicks it by the alien. Mm. Fantastic. Alien Predator hybrid. That's, a, that's um, wow. You've never seen those movies, have you? No. Alien vs. Predator is fun. I saw, what was it, Prometheus? You that's know, cool. they could have done a better job. I like Prometheus. It wasn't Never. bad. I've seen worse movies. You may. Yeah, I mean, so I guess they're both kind of monster movies. Although, like, trees being monsters, like... (laughs) M.H. Lom Lom Ding Dong. Yeah, that guy. That guy. I don't know what that poor that guy's gonna do. Ooh. That guy. Alright. Oh, that's... That's a fun combination here. So, Kristen has just chose for me Shaun of the Dead, which is an excellent movie, and the cult classic Blade Runner to compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Um, where does where Blade Runner take place? Is it Tokyo? Isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's yeah. some... It's where Shaun of the Dead is obviously in, in London. London. So we have the zombie outbreak, and we have um, Blade Runners in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We got future. We got present day. We got um, non-U.S. soil. Blade Runner isn't really about an apocalyptic event, though. Well, it's kind of the future, and the world is kind of a depressing place. Yeah, it's, it's depressing. I feel like it's just raining through the whole movie. Yeah, well, it is because that's it's supposed to look like a film noir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I got Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. You got really what you know. I mean, Simon Pegg was in Spaced, but uh, and and Nick Frost, but you really got the movie that really launched Simon Pegg's like film career. I think in, in Shaun of the Dead. Um, so that's we we can contrast these two a lot, but finding something in common here with these two is pretty tricky. Off the top of my head, I am I'm really running into a problem here. <laughs> How about the fact that? You have a male protagonist in both that's fighting against creatures that don't really have a soul. So in Blade Runner, they're robots that are trying to live as long as they can past their, you know, expiration dates, essentially. And in Shaun of the Dead, it's zombies. That's not bad. Los Angeles. Oh, it is Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I apologize. Philip K. Dick. I read some of his books when I was in um, college. What else has he written? I'm trying to think. Why do you ask me things like this? I don't remember stuff like that off the top of my head. Like a scanner darkly. Oh, yeah, I saw that. They did that pixel shading stuff. Mm -hmm. Alright, Kristen, we're at the 40 minute mark, which has been the the last, that's been the length of our last couple podcasts. I'm going to do one more. Mm, Okay. You want to send this out in style? 
I will try. Okay, Kristen's going to compare and contrast. Oh god, this is great. This is completely random. The Will Smith After Earth with the indie sci-fi hit, a uh, great hit, Another Earth. Mm, okay. Well, one is an M. Night Shyamalan-ding-dong That would be After Earth. About how Scientology is awesome. <clears throat> um, and how Will Smith and his son, you know, you should just pay them money to exist. Basically, and, it was... It was the, the big twist is that Will Smith's son was a ranger all along. He just didn't know it. Yeah. Um, and Another Earth is a cool indie movie about a girl who gets in a bad car accident on the night that Earth finds out that there's actually another version of Earth that we can see and we can communicate with because of the way that the solar system has moved. And so it's sort of our first realizing that it exists and then through the rest of the movie um, making contact and speaking to the people on the other Earth and then eventually planning trips for people to be able to travel between both Earths. So both are essentially about Earth. Um, You know, one is about Earth after our time. One is, I guess it's supposed to take place in the future, but Earth is basically the same. I feel like that was present day. I feel like another Earth was like present day. It's just that there's another version of Earth where things are maybe just slightly different than they are on our version of Mm -hmm. Earth. Right. Um, But we can, we're able to communicate with them and and the people are able to come back and forth without causing any sort of rift in this time-space continuum. So that's like a really interesting concept. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in um, After Earth, I guess the Earth has become, like, a dangerous place for people to be, so now everybody lives in, like, space stations, and then Will Smith... Oh, there's only, like, another planet like... somewhere, I forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were taking something back to Earth when they crashed there. So, I mean, I think you have... Both of them have the aspects of exploring unknown territory. Both of them have the aspects of challenging people in who they are and, and who they maybe hope to be, because in... Another Earth, obviously the girl that gets in the car accident killed part of a guy's family, and then she's trying to make amends, and Will Smith, I guess, is trying to, you know, create a He's, relationship He phoned with it in. Son. He seriously phoned it in. He sat in the spaceship the whole time. I know. And he doesn't league. really have any interaction with his son. Phoned but, it in. But I guess the idea is that he's supposed to be, like, creating a relationship with his son where he eventually learns to, like, trust him and think that he can handle himself, even though in the beginning it seems like... He doesn't... He thinks he's just going to be a spaz and kill himself and destroy the Earth. Well, Um, that's not... Yeah, get them all killed. Yeah, get everybody killed. Should we we cover the movies, the bad movies that we didn't talk about today? Yeah, I think we should do another one. You think I should do another one? me with these things. Oh, fine. I just saw Demolition Man was one of them. I was like, no, no. No. Okay, so I got a a drama. Or is that an action? No, I got an action movie and a comedy. Or I'm sorry. Oh, shh. <laughs> so I, I have an action comedy in Independence Day. And I have a bad movie as in Battlefield Earth. I don't really remember it enough of... Like, I, I never saw Battlefield or all the way through. Is I don't it, think anyone it, has. Does it actually take place on Earth? It's really bad. Yes. 
Earth has been colonized by creepy aliens led by John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker. That's right. I believe we all descend from Calamies. Calami, Calami, Calami. So Battlefield Earth is taking place after we've already been colonized. And yes. Independence Day is about the attempted colonization <laughs> okay, of there us you go. from from the snailians. from the you know, and we're dealing with snailians and ugly snailians with dreadlocks. Dreadlocks, of them. So yeah, there you go. exactly. We talked about how we're a little excited for the jerks. new Independence Day movie, and I really hope they never make another Battlefield. <laughs> I don't think they're going to. I'm surprised John Travolta's been in movies since then. Mm, no, because he's a Scientologist and they have all this weird power and stuff in Hollywood still. So we have we have those comparisons and, and those contrasts. That's pretty good. Um, Battlefield Earth takes... You know, I feel like there's a little more space combat in that, isn't there? Mm, at times? Uh, I, don't, I don't... Maybe so. I mean, it was mostly that. like these like <laughs> underling guys of like the space leader were sent to Earth to colonize and then, then the humans overthrow them. Mm. So they kind of sucked at their... Oh, so just range. like Independence Day. They were like inept. <laughs> so you're saying the aliens at Independence Day sent... But they, they kind of... I felt like, you know, they had like a plan. Let's wipe out the major population centers... And then take all the resources and run. Right, Battlefield Earth, they turned all the people into slaves, but then mm. the people rebelled. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think the aliens Independence Day had any any thoughts about ever enslaving us. I think they just wanted to kill everybody. Isn't that what he said when he grabbed Data by the neck? And he's like, yeah. we just want you to do one thing. Die! Yeah, I guess Rah. they just wanted the resources or something. Like, what, Isn't there like... Isn't there, like, some car- creatures in Star Trek that do that, too, where they just want to go to planets and, like, take all the resources and then peace out? Star Trek? Yeah, I thought I remember that being in some other sort of space stories. Oh, like so when it's a space a story, it's just immediately uh, Star Trek. That, well, it's not in Star Wars. There aren't, like, creatures that go and take over other planets. So there's, like, the Borg, but they're, 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 their thing is, like... Information. Okay. Not like everybody's resources. connected with information. No. Eh, okay. Maybe yeah. I saw that in something else. I, I mean, remember. there could definitely be something somewhere. There's like the crystalline entity, which would just eat eat all the resources on the planet. No. No. <laughs> Maybe. No. Maybe. Do we do another one? Fine. <laughs> let's let's make a, let's just do like real short ones then. That's what I've been trying to do. Off. Fine. Fine. I'm giving you a um um I don't like this comparison. I'm putting this one back. No. Seriously. You never saw that one, I know. <laughs> I'm getting picky. <laughs> okay. Alright. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh the Back to the Future trilogy and Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Um Parent Contrast, go. Oh, Lightning round. I know, I'm trying. Jesus. Um, okay, so they're both about mad scientists um, who are trying to change um, the effect of past events on present and future times. So oh, you have, your kids. Yeah, so you have Christopher Lloyd, crazy scientist, trying to see what happens if you go back in time and how that affects the future. Uh, ends up sending Marty back so that his parents can be together. 
Um, and, you know, but then you wonder, like, would they have been together? They were together anyway without Marty, but they have a happier relationship with him being there. In Eternal Sunshine, you have a crazy scientist who decides that it's better to erase your mind of the relationships that you currently have so that way um, you can go on and be happy. But it doesn't work because people still remember things even if they can't have the memories anymore. They remember the pain. Um, so that's what I would say. It's about crazy scientists. Okay, good. Kristen has chosen for me... Oh, God. <laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and The Matrix. All right, so <clears throat> the the easiest comparison here with it is that Arthur Dent and Neo, they both look basically like they get put into a bigger world. Neo gets woken up and realizes that he's not... You know, he's been plugged into this computer his entire life. And where Arthur Dent is like, you know... They were going to build a highway through his house. And then his best friend tells him that they're going to build a highway through Earth. So, we have the comparison there of those two being thrust in the bigger world. Being kind of like the hero, you know, per se. Um, in the whole thing. I mean, definitely I mean, definitely, you can say like Neo is the hero. I mean, I don't mm. know. They really didn't plan out those other two movies as well as they did the first one. Those I don't guys. Know what happened to those guys. Now I heard they're both chicks too. Yes, they are. Yeah, I mean, more power to you. If it makes you happy. Well, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is is a great is a classic tale. Is a great story. Um, okay, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Lightning round. Oh, I'll pick it for you. Yeah, I know. Uh, Armageddon is your bad movie, and Snowpiercer is your Ooh. is your good movie. Fun. So these are both action films. So you have that. Um, both about heroes trying to survive in difficult um, environments. So one, snow has overtaken the earth. Making out while your dad sings a song. Yeah, pretty much. And they're on a train, which is the only way that they can sort of survive. The train just keeps traversing the earth over and over again, and it's the only sort of habitable place that they can find. In Armageddon, obviously, um, you know, there's going to be... what is it, a meteorite that's supposed to hit the Earth? And so they, they send some guys that are good at um, drilling for oil to the meteorite to... Why don't we just train astronauts drill to drill? Hey, shut, shut the... <laughs> um, yeah. Mm, fun. Um, anyway, Snowpiercer's a super cool, interesting movie. With so Snowpiercer is cool after... you got Chris Evans after the event. and Tilda Swinton. Yes. Yes, after the and uh, Ed disaster. Harris. Yes, Ed Harris. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, pick. Okay. Anyway, so that's what I would say. The comparison is there. Oh jeez. Okay, so the good movie is Gravity, and the bad movie I'm contrasting with is Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> okay, so maybe there's someone out there that likes Jupiter Ascending, but. I mean, Gravity... Channing Tatum's wife, because she loves him. That's probably the only person. Maybe actually... You know, I really don't like Sandra Bullock. Or George Clooney. Mm-hmm. And they both kind of nailed it in Gravity. Mm-hmm. In Gravity, I loved how it was shot. It was like that one single take. He felt like the whole movie was just like one take. Yeah. Yeah, that was so cool. Also Jupiter Ascending was pretty. terrible. 
was, um, I mean, I guess it had some okay looking things. The story didn't make any sense whatsoever. The only thing that looked good was Mila Kunis's clothes. She can't do She had some cool dresses. That's about all I have to say about that. So. But the rest of it was like. Gravity is about the fight for survival kind of thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which I guess Jupiter Ascending is No, it's not. Surviving a couple of inbred douchebags that are trying to kill you. Pretty much. Because you're the bee queen or something. I don't know. I don't Kinda. really understand that, what was going on in that movie. Let's just, let's just say Gravity A+. It's the only movie that, like, Ned Stark didn't die in. <laughs> 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 he should have just died, Ned, and got out of there. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> We're finishing our drama and our bad movie category. Okay. And Kristen has to compare the excellent, excellent film Gattaca with the not so excellent movie Demolition, Demolition Man. Man. <laughs> okay, well, Gattaca's fantastic. It's to me, it's like it's like someone took a really great short story and made a perfect movie based on that short story. Um, both of them, and then Demolition Man is some weird movie where uh, Sylvester Stallone is like a cop that travels into the future to stop. Was it Wesley Snipes? I forget who the bad guy is. But anyway, everybody can only eat at Taco Bell because Taco Bell bought all the other restaurants, which is like my nightmare. They only um, listen to commercials. Yeah, and they only listen to commercials. They have to have. They can't have actual real sex. They have to like have virtual sex. And then the, when they go to the bathroom, there's like shells in there, and I don't know what they're supposed to do with the shells. They never explain that. I don't really want to know. If you know what it is, please tell us. Or don't. I, <laughs> yeah, don't. Actually, don't tell us. You no, know, I don't want to know. Well, at least shells. they both take place in the future. They both take place in the future. They both have, like, a lead male and female, you know, relationship. So Sandra Bullock with, um, you know, Sly Stallone. And then you have uh, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman who are married in real life. I don't think uh, Sly and Sandy were ever together in real life. I sincerely doubt it. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh... Both probably cost a good deal of money to make. Um, both had special effects. Um, How much do you think Gattaca really cost? I mean, there was like the scene with the set, you know, his desk. Well, I don't know. There was I like mean, his apartment. Yeah, like there was there the were gym. definitely sets and things like that. And there that must have meant a lot of booms. Booms. Um, obviously, Gattaca, the acting was like a million times better than Demolition Man. <laughs> and the storyline was much, much better. Um, but I guess they're both about people that are in places where they don't exactly fit because Ethan Hawke obviously was, um, not genetically engineered engineered and he's in a world uh, trying to fit in in a world of people that can only get ahead if they're genetically engineered. Um, and then Sylvester Sloan is from a different time period and he's sort of been stuck in this, you know, time period where he doesn't really fit, but he's definitely more welcome in his, in being in the future than Ethan Hawke is being in a world with with these snobby elitist uh, genetically modified people. It's good. It's good. You did good. Right. It's some skills. Okay. Now we have an action film and a comedy. Okay. Shit. <laughs> Frequently asked questions about time travel and Jurassic Park. <laughs> this is tough. Okay, so Frequently Asked Time Travel is um, Chris O'Dowd, you know, from the IT crowd, um, Bridesmaids, you know, Bridesmaids. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, didn't he do, oh, he was in Girls, um, 
And so frequently asked questions about time travel is basically these guys at the bar and they, they realize that their mm-hmm. events are, have kind of, they've like altered the course of history through yeah. their events like this night at the bar. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It's only like an hour long. It's not, I don't even think it's longer than oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's super short and it's, it's great. And Jurassic Park we know as um, lots of dinosaurs. Dinos! Dinos. Scary. Both have scary moments. Both have say. very suspenseful yes. moments. Yeah. Suspenseful, Shocking. scary moments. Both, like, you know, because, like, when they bring everybody out to Jurassic Park, you know, like, some people are like, I can't believe you did this. And then frequently asked questions about time travel. They're like, I can't believe we're doing this. True. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, both take place off the coast, you know, Costa Rica for Jurassic Park, right? Mm-hmm. And frequently asked questions about time travels in London. So we're yep. looking at, at movies that are. Off American soil. I am mm-hmm. so glad Anna's a comparing Jurassic Jurassic Park and freaking like another Earth or something like that. <laughs> okay. All right. Lightning round continuing. Okay, so Kristen has to do. <coughs> we have four minutes left. Robocop and Men in Black. That's kind of easy. Mm, they're both about the future, and men in black kind they're of both about day. cops, but different kinds of cops. So, <laughs> Men in Black is about cops that have to deal with aliens, and RoboCop is about a guy that used to be a human, but now he's a robot cop that has to deal with evil drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Try to keep them off the street. Um, RoboCop is much funnier than yeah. RoboCop. <laughs> I love Peter Weller though; he's a very nice man. Um, and I recommend both movies; they're both a good time. Alright, so the last two that are left is Edge of Tomorrow, which was a great movie, and which would have been a better movie if Tom Tom Cruise. (laughs) And The Watch, which was one of the most underrated movies um, in in our selection today. So what I loved about The Watch was you got Moss from the IT crowd, um, and you got, you know, Jonah Hill, and you got Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn. And, like, you know, Ben Stiller takes the whole thing about the Neighborhood Watch very seriously. Mm-hmm. Moss, obviously, spoiler alert, he's the alien, mm-hmm. and he's kind of, like, infiltrated their group. Right, they're just trying to protect the neighborhood from, like, regular things. But yeah. then all of a sudden, while they're doing their patrols, they realize that there's, like, aliens. Which is so fun, because I didn't know anything about the movie before I saw it. No? So I just thought it was, like, goofy guys, like... Doing, you didn't like, know it was about aliens? Neighborhood Watch, and then all really? of a sudden there's aliens. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, this is really fun. And one part that I really love in the movie is that the the two cops that are always making fun of them for being in the neighborhood watch is it's Will Forte and it's it's the other guy from uh, Last Man on Earth, the bigger guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like it's those two guys. It's funny. Um, they they play the actual cops that are kind of like following them around the whole time, but you know, so obviously we're dealing with an alien threat in both of these. Um, Edge yeah. of Tomorrow, the alien Tom threat is, alien. is much more I mean, is much more severe. Oh. <laughs> Um, the, the watch, my biggest problem with the watch was that it was a giant <coughs> Costco commercial. It just was like, everything was like Costco, Costco, Costco. Like, I feel like Costco paid for the movie. Um, and Edge Tomorrow was, was just actually done. Emily Blunt and, um, you know, was, was just great. And she was so much more badass than Tom Cruise, which, you know, let's face it, she probably is. But yeah, she I like both of those baby, movies. So she could probably what a way back. to go out. Those are two great movies. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Well, we hope you enjoyed our silly talk about science fiction today. I don't know if it enlightened anyone, but hopefully it encouraged you to go see some movies you haven't seen before. And here's the 20 podcast. 20. I'll fake drink because I finished my beer. 
And, um, yeah. So, check out our website, prisondad.com. Mm-hmm. We have more podcasts. We have books. I meant to have props. Books! They're downstairs. Whatever. We have four books. Three are volumes, and one is a collection of short stories that we had available online with two extra stories that were never before published. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, check out our podcast and uh, free stories and stuff and things. And until next week, may the force be with you. <laughs>